There's no, maybe it doesn't, the message, it's like that story with Ramana Maharshi, with the guy with the thorn in his shoe. So let's say he, he realizes something's bothering him, but let's say he buys a lot of Dr. Scholl foot pads, you know, gets the newest sandals, or somehow tries to get around it, tries to make it a little more comfortable than it is, tries to disassociate. These are the solutions of a conditional mind. Disassociate, distract, deny, avoid, you know. None of them work. They're not, none of them work at all. What you're trying to avoid, you may forget, but it becomes a weather front. And it affects the way you travel all day. Even though it's not particularly bothering you, it's an overriding. It's like the same feeling of that irritable restlessness and discontent you can never put your finger on, yeah? You couldn't find an object that was causing it because there was an unsettled mind affected with alcoholism, yeah? It wasn't any particular thing. It was the way you operated, yeah? It was, in, it was right in the operating format, not something the operating format come up, came upon, but the way it operated. It was built in. It had been injected into it. It had been like uh, jacked into it. And it's very difficult to recognize. <clears throat> because it's like in the AA, they say, you know, fear is like a corroding thread that runs through the fabric of your life. So if the fabric of your life was represented by this blue shirt and fear was blue, tell me how you're going to pick out that thread. The best you can do, it's it's in the shirt. Oh yeah, all right. But that's that's not being that specific. Yeah, <laughs> does that you know? But this is this way, and you know that fabric. Like it says in the air, you we talk about it in recovery. They go, uh, it says, why do you have so much fear today? Simple question. You know, right on page sixty. I don't know in the fear inventories. That's 67. So. And then I would love it if they would have just had a big pause there. You know what I mean? Pause. <laughs> you know what I mean? <clears throat> because, of course, if we all sat here and we said, okay, all right, answer the question, why do you have so much fear today? You'd have maybe a story about why you have fear. Max would have a story, maybe. You'd have a story. You, I'd have a story. Everyone have a story about it, yeah? And it, it could fill up. It would be like an 8,000-page book if we had a chance to write what we thought was causing us to be in this anxiety. And then he just cuts it off and says, isn't it because self-reliance has failed us? Isn't it because self-reliance has failed us? So all of that, all, all the stories about that anxiety or that fear, all of them cut right at the root by a simple statement. <clears throat> isn't, it because, is, is, isn't it because self-reliance has failed us? Yeah? So you must have been in a condition, your mind must have been in a condition that was like a Petri dish for all this anxiety and fear to fester. Yeah? And to grow and to mutate, which everything will do. Yeah? If it's given enough time, things will mutate and grow and fester. and You won't even be able to recognize them after a while. And they'll become very insidious and very, very difficult to recognize. Yeah? But he's saying the Petri dish is reliance on self. Yeah? He's not saying you're relying on self, or I'm not saying you're relying on self. It's the mind relying on self. Yeah? Now, I'm saying, in this condition, 
the level of reliance is so extreme that the mind has become identified with what it's been relying on. Yeah? So it's not, it's gone to a ninth degree of reliance, which has gone so past obsession and everything like that, that it's actually identified as a self. Yeah? So while it's in constant reliance on this failed system and, and, and is feeling this irritability, restlessness, and dis-ease, and the consequences, and the angst, and this urge, and these yearnings to get out of it, it can never escape the system, because it's identified as the main tenant of the system. Yeah? Self. And so it falls into that, that little trick of self can't get out of self. Yeah. Self can't get out of self. And actually, what exaggerates or amplifies the idea of, of self is the attempt to get out of it. Yeah? So, your, your feeling of I'm getting out of self, thinking it's going to decrease the, the preponderance of the self's influence, actually increases it. it. Maybe on a much more subtle level, maybe you're not getting your ass kicked every night, but you're getting your ass kicked every night. <laughs> In another way, yeah? <laughs> so, <clears throat> the self can't get out of self. <clears throat> so here's the mind, just all infinite possibility. The mind, a mental process, has brought up an idea. Hey, you, you know, like they, they, that famous question, who am I? Well, the mental process knew that was coming, and it had an answer, me. <laughs> it asked the question, who am I, way before you ever heard of Ramana Maharshi, or read any books, or, or heard about self-inquiry. The mental process inquired. It says, holy shit, <laughs> I, don't, I'm, I don't want to be that, that infinite thatness. I'm me. I'm this freaking idea. I'm a separate, long-lasting, independent, separate entity. Yeah? I'm not this infinite space of infinite possibilities, the, the, the kingdom of peace and joy and wisdom. No, I'm not going to create my little special somewhere. And you're going to be the God. Yeah, okay. So now the mind is relying on that idea of being a self, which diminishes its a possibility to rely on its own nature. Yeah, because the two can't meet. You can't realize that you're a no-thing and still constantly keep believing you're a thing. Yeah? It just doesn't work. Yeah? So one has to be avoided at all costs. Just like when my right arm was bleeding, I don't even look left. Well, by your active obsession with self, it's the passive denial of what you are. And there's some great hooks that you'll even want to try to become what you truly are, but as what you're not. Which is a double fucker. <laughs> you know, really, really a good one. It really a good one. So, why are you in so much anxiety today? Wouldn't that be, that's more worth 800 pages of scriptures. That one question and the one answer, if pondered, can change everything. Why are you in so much fear today? And today could be March 11, 2013, March 8, you know, 1985. Whatever day you want to say it, apply it to expand it. 
to any day, any future day, any past day, and what you what you think is the present day. Why are you in so much anxiety or fear or dis-ease or uncomfortability? Yeah? We're going to give you just a subtle answer. Take it or leave it, just maybe entertain it. Isn't it because self-reliance has failed us? Oh, far out. Yeah? Now that's a pause. Yeah? Isn't it because self-reliance has, has failed us? Okay? Then they bring a further little bit of information in. And by the way, self can't get out of self. You can't use the Buddha to find the Buddha. You can't use mind to find mind. You can't use the light to find the light. Yeah? You just have to question, are you something other than the light? Are you something other than the Buddha? Are you something other than mine? And if you sit with that, things will become clear that don't seem to be clear right now. Very clear. Blue will be blue and red will be red. Things will become very obvious, not to you, but to mind. Yeah? And in this place, instead of like uh, being driven by that format of, all right, I'm going to do and have myself into a state of being, yeah? I'm going to, if I do the right thing and I have enough of the right stuff, I will become what I want to be or what all these other minds have told me to be, basically. It's not, you never come up with your own idea anyway, do you? It's always some idea that was planted in your head and now, you know, so we're going to use this format of, this is where the first denial is, is the denial that you already are. (laughs) No, we're going to dismiss that because I want to get into becoming. Yeah, that's a lot more fun in a weird way, yeah? To the mind, it's conditional mind. So, all right, how am I going to become what I want to be? I'm not it, obviously, so I'm going to have to use a format because I've got to get from here where I think I am to there where I want to be. So I'm going to do a lot of stuff or not do a lot of stuff, have stuff or not have stuff. They're both the same, having or not having, yeah? And then with this activity, it will propel me to this mythical place where I will be. The becoming will come to an end, and I will be. And from there on, I'll just be. (laughs) Has it worked? (laughs) Have you ever arrived and stayed there? Or as 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 soon as you arrive to that point, oh, now I am this, then there's, oh, but I've got to become more of this. Or a better this, or I got and then a, or another that arises, yeah, and it's like a form of slavery, isn't it? You never get to stop because how can you stop if it's all about becoming? But if it's about being, then stopping is a natural condition. Yeah, pause becomes a natural state in your life. It becomes an obvious state. It becomes available quite readily wherever you are. Because your nature is of pause. Being is complete. It's not in the process of becoming. It's not in the process of wasing and willing. It already is. Yeah? 
The only thing it's doing here, I would say, is expressing in its myriad, incredible, infinite possibilities. But it's not attempting to become anything, because it already is everything. Yeah? Everything that it could possibly become can only pale, can only pale in front of what it already is. Yeah? So there's a sense of, if that's the case, there's a sense of traveling lighter here. Because you don't take what so seriously, self. Like Rule 62 in recovery, don't take the self so seriously. Have you tried it as a self? Have you tried studying about self for two years? That could be construed as obsession with self, eh? Yeah, self can't get out of self. A product of a mental process can't transcend the process that's making it. It can't leave, yeah? You're not a self anywhere other than in this appearance in your head. You're not. Insects are not seeing you. Oh, there's Paul, that independent, long-lasting, separate entity I, I sat on the other day and sucked some blood out of. You know what I mean? Not, there's no noticing of us as we notice ourselves from everything else. This is just an entertaining possibilities. If we're lucky enough to hear some, or something falls on our head, or somehow something becomes a possibility, then all that's needed is entertaining. And that's what the mind's doing all day anyway. That's what it does. It entertains possibilities. It's entertaining the possibility of time right now. It's entertaining the possibility that I'm a body. It's entertaining tons of freaking possibilities that if you actually saw them to be what's, how they really are, they would be so absurd to you, you couldn't believe it. Like, the possibility of what's not happening having an effect on me right now is insane. The possibility that I can get into a moment I can never be out of. The possibility that I have to get out of something I can't be in, like self. They're insane if you saw them in a clear way. Yeah? How about entertaining the possibility, I'm not that? What do you mean, I'm not that? I am not that which is being inferred all the time by the thinking. I'm not that which is being inferred by all the advertising. I'm not that which is being inferred when people are talking to me. I'm not that. Yeah? I'm not that that's being assumed, inferred, implied. Yeah, I'm not that. Whatever that is, it ain't, really. So it's not even whatever that is. It can only appear to be. The mind does the leap. The selfing is just a mental process. When the mind is lazy, or whatever you want to call it, let's say it's in ignorance, it's ignoring its own nature, when it sees that, that, that lang- in the language, the language is a subjective language used by objects. This is an object, but it's taking itself to be a subject. Yeah? The true subject is mind not separated into all these little minds, just mine. But here it is. So, in ignorance, I see the thought. So the thought says, well, what am I going to be doing next week? Yeah? So, the I infers that there's a Paul that was here a week ago, and there's a Paul that was going to be here next week, and therefore it assumes that there's a Paul that's here right now. Yeah? Why do you think your mind dwells on the past and the future so much? It's the only way that you can seem to appear right now. 
The only way a self could have any sense of worth or value is because it's remembered. The mind remembers it as, oh, I was there. It remembers it, I will be there. And then it's crazy logic goes, I was there, I will be there, therefore I am here. <laughs> and then you're stuck with was and will. Because the only way you can be here is there and then. The only way the idea of a Paul can have any real root here is there and then. So every here you t- talk about, it, when the mind talks, the conditional mind talks about it here, it's chock full of there and then. The only, the only mental here that can be is, a, is bookended with past and future. There's no here. Yeah. So we're remembered. What happens if you get hit in the head when you do something you really love, like surfing or stuff like that? You forget the self. Yeah? You forget that you were there a, a week ago, even five minutes ago. You forget that you're going to be there when you have to go to work eight hours from now. You're right in whatever you're doing, and there's a great relief there because you're relieved. The mind is relieved of the bondage of self. It's not remembering. Yeah? The situation, just like if you have an extreme, most people will tell you when the shit really hits the fan and you're in an extreme situation, like a fight or anything, there's no you. Yeah? There, it's absent because it was never there to begin with. It was, it's just being, being remembered. But when something becomes so overwhelming in the moment, the mind can't spend the time to remember itself. So you're free in a way. So now people want to jump, get into fights. Or they want to keep surfing. Or they want to jump off of bridges with bungee cords. Or they want to do whatever they want to do because there's a freedom in it. Yeah? But what happens is, what happens? Okay? You get the freedom. Let's say you're surfing. So there's, you're in the water. But then the mental condition arises is, yeah, did anyone see me catch that big wave? That's what it's looking for. It doesn't, it fucked the water, fucked the wave. Did anyone see me? Me! I'm a surfer. I was in the water today. Yes! I remember now, I was in the water, and I will be in the water, therefore I am! That's what it's looking for all day. Yeah. It doesn't matter how many reflections it gets and sees its imaginary face, it knows spookingly that it ain't there. It knows it. It deeply knows that it is absent. It's, 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 so, it's just, and it just wants to avoid that at all costs. So we'll spin a story that will go for 80 years just so it won't have, be in that one raw moment of recognition of your original face. There's no one there. You are all there is. You're not this person that's been imposed upon or a victim or anything like that. So it says like this this guy, D-O-G-E-N, Dogen, I think you say, Japanese Zen master. Yeah, supposedly, I don't know who's a master now. Japanese guy. And he wrote a nice thing. He says, you know, to study Buddhism is to study the self. To study the self is to forget the self. That's it. Yeah? When you study the self, what you study is, hey, I may not be that. And if it starts hitting you that that could be true, what will happen? Your mind, not you, the mind will lose interest in that little thing it's made up. It will. And will move to other no things or things. 
And so that same attention and interest that may be driving you crazy through the day when it's obsessing over self, yeah, will now be enriching your life. Yeah? It won't be focused on this dead horse called Paul all day, which has to be remembered. Oh, I was galloping once, and I'm afraid I'll be galloping again. But you're fucking inert right now. It's over there. It's now open to see what's happening now. And it may get an interest in no-thingness. Yeah? It may start exploring the infinite space of its own nature, mind. It just may. It may have enough things, and oh, this is cool, but it may have a real curiosity. But from whence do I come? Yeah. And so it starts going there. What happens? When it starts going there, the same energy that you would call obsession with self is what they call abidance in the truth. It's the same energy. It's the same energy. It's just put in a different vehicle. Yeah. Same. Same energy. How can someone be so clear about their depression when depression is so murky and so confusing, yet when they describe it, it's as clear as day? It's the precision, it's like a scalpel of description, because there's always clear mind. What's making hells here is clear mind. When the mind is apt to and is in the habit of entertaining impossibilities, that can provoke a sense of a hell here, that's why there is a hell for you. Yeah. People can make a hell up in Pacific Heights. They've got three Bentleys in their garage. They've got the trophy wife, and maybe the trophy whatever, dog, and everything else. <laughs> yeah, everything. And yet none of that has any effect. Yeah, The mind can turn on them like that. Yeah. They have no immunity to it. It gets more neurotic. It's like a marathon runner in a closet. It's going crazy. It's biting. It's eating its own tail all day. Because the energy of mind is better to be diffused than concentrated and focused. When you're at work, it's okay to focus because that's an activity. That's a job to be done. But when it's constantly focusing on this crazy idea of you as a long-lasting, independent, separate entity, it magnifies. You think you're focusing on something... But everything is being doubly magnified this way. You're burning your fucking self up. You're burning the mind up. Not the mind, but this apparatus. Your nerves get shot, you get fucking ill. You can't have a viable relationship with another human being. All these things start occurring. They're all coming, issuing thrust from the Petri dish of reliance on self. Famous man just in You look the wrong way. <laughs> so, this simple statement can save you a whole lot of time. Yeah? If you track everything back, let's say you track a couple of weeks back to that one statement. Yeah? And you realize, geez, everything this last week has come from that reliance on self. Why do you have to go over months and years? You've got the principle. Yeah? The mind doesn't need quantity to get the message. It, it needs quality. Because it expounds or expands everything. When it hears something like, aha, I'm not that, it expands to, to consider and to contain all that which it isn't. 
and you start seeing it. Yeah? So all you need is one example for the mind to go off. You don't need, maybe you need years and years of constant research. I don't believe so. I have faith in mind. I believe the mind, once given the possibility that, hey, I'm not that, once it's cued into that possibility and it starts seeing all the arthritic mental <laughs> fingers pointing. To who? All they can do is point. They can't make a self. They can make an appearance of a self. But you, the mind is what makes the appearance. The thoughts are just thoughts. The mind makes the leap to being the thinker. Yeah? Feelings are just feelings, but the mind makes the leap to being the feeler. Yeah? Time is just time, but the mind makes the leap that it's my time. Yeah? The mind makes the leap. So, feelings are going to happen. This construction seems to have time involved in it. It's engaged in it, yes? There's going to be thoughts, but the solution isn't in trying to manicure and cultivate having only good thoughts and get rid of the good and bad feelings. You'll be a fucking day laborer for the rest of your life. <laughs> Seeds from the good are going to blow into the bad, the bad's going to blow into the good. You can't, you can't keep it separate. <laughs> but what about the thinker? If you're not that, I'm not saying you are or not, but entertain the possibility. These thoughts may not be mine. You know? <laughs> this feeling may not be mine. It, it's obviously, it's not produced by me because then why would I always say I don't want to feel it after I've already felt it? <laughs> In other words, my, I'm always at a point of reaction to it, not as the one who did it. I'm the one, there's the one, there's the seeming one that reacts to the feeling. I didn't want that feeling. I don't like this feeling. I shouldn't have this feeling. You provoke this feeling in me. Fuck you. All this stuff. But it's always after the fact, isn't it? So how could you be the... <laughs> Watch selfing. Selfing's trippy. So here's selfing going on. So I remember when I first started sharing this, and people would go, I really like that message, selfing. It's a nice way of putting it. It's a verb, verb. Because everything is always implying the sense of being a noun. So when you say the self, it sounds like there's a real thing called the self that's bothering me and it's posing its will on me. There is no self. There's selfing. Yeah. A mental process. So here's the mental process of selfing. So you hear a message. And so now people call me up and they go, oh, I've been selfing all day. Yeah? Or the selfing's really been fucking with me. Yeah? They either, it's usually either they're either doing it or they're being done to. That's the product of the selfing. The feeling of the one who's doing it or the one who's being done to, that's the product. The selfing, this is not the selfing. The selfing is just like an, an intimation, just a suggestion, just a fucking insane possibility that the mind's been looping and running, you know, the conditional mind. Yeah? When the mind buys it, that's the product of the selfing. Because now you believe you're doing the selfing. You believe you're the one that's being fucked by the selfing. That's the product of the selfing. The one who's doing it and the one who's being fucked by it. That's the product. Yeah? The selfing doesn't make it. You do. The mind does. The mind makes the leap. So if the, in this sense, you in a way are the cause of that. And that's why there's a solution. 
if you can see it, what's causing that to have some power and some influence you will be uncaused because you won't be participating in it anymore. You'll see the inference, you'll see the selfing, and but the selfing will just be seen as a verb. And every time the mind wants to go, oh, it's happening to me, that's, it pops up like a noun, that's still a verb. Oh, oh, I really got clear about the selfing, right? No, that's the phony noun. You see, that's not so. And you realize, and the selfing is finite. It doesn't go on infinitely. And what's all around it is what you call that experience of a pause. That's the incredible, hallowed silence of mind, real empty mind, is the pause. It's intersecting at each moment of this finite little thread, but it's also totally surrounding it. So when the selfing runs out and you haven't bought the noun, you haven't popped up as a noun, oh, I've been selfing for years, or when am I ever going to get out of the selfing? I've got to do and have myself out of the selfing. Yeah? When that is seen just to be selfing, it ends sooner or later, and then there's a pause. Yeah? Not as an experience intersecting the selfing, but as what's really so. That the selfing is just a finite little thread that seems to have a lot of your interest and attention. When it's not about you, your interest and attention will leave it, and it will become diffuse, and you'll be awake. Yeah? You'll be awake. Not concentrated and vigilant, but free-range awakeness. Yeah? Just open, the aperture will be wide, things that weren't included before will be included, and you'll see what's being included was purposely excluded by self-centeredness. Self-centeredness is a frame that you think it has a lot to do with this, but it has a lot to do with blocking that out, the space of mind. That's what it wants to deny. So you get this, and you think all the importance is inside this frame, but the frame's real important is to keep the influence of the outside out. Yeah? Let's keep just seeing everything just the way it seems to be so that we don't get threatened by the expanse of mind that we are. Not as an experience, not as something you can achieve, but your own inherent nature. What is, what is self-centeredness? Look at it. It's an aperture, isn't it? Like a camera that's been fixated to a point of, of view that all you're seeing is this, yeah? <laughs> all of this is just assumed and surmised and fucking avoided or just made conceptualized, but he's <laughs> just in here, yeah? And so all of this, you think you made it into something that fits in here, which is a concept, but that ain't it, yeah? So we're trying to make it better, but never question the frame. So the frame, here's the picture. Everyone's an individual little movie. What would happen if the frame was removed? You see this place as a mural. An ongoing mural that everyone is like a brush that's being used to paint. Everything that's going on here is painting this huge mural with no separate little pictures, no like frames, but a giant just evolving manifestation. Yeah? From who knows what or what knows who. But just like an ongoing gush, incessantly on. Yeah. To me, that's like having a, having a feeling of the pulse of what living is. Yeah. Living isn't doing and having and then becoming, only to depart. 
Talks are getting shorter and shorter because this gets more succinct all the time. You know, just See, I was in a, I was in a recovery meeting yesterday. <coughs> in recovery, they have a book called the Twelve and Twelve. Yeah, and so it was, we were sharing about this eight step. We had about six pages on it, in depth, like you know, really digging deeper and stuff like that. And I said to my, I shared. I said, you know, if if I was introduced to the program through the Twelve and Twelve, I would never have done it. <laughs> In the big book, it's like one sentence. Make a list of the people you harmed. <laughs> this, this was about, you go to your deepest motives. And I'm going, do you, you find out about the deepest motives after you do the work. You know, First you do the step, and then you find out about it. You don't, you know, did I like study you know, the first step? I lived the first step, yeah? I studied about, I studied my powerlessness and my unmanageability afterwards. It was just the invitation hit me, and I went for it, you know? Because it sort of sounded like it was capturing it, but if you would have said, describe describe your amenability, I wouldn't have had a fucking clue, you know? I really wouldn't. That came after the fact. The point is, is put your foot in the door now. Entertain the possibility. You don't, I'm going to, I'll entertain it after I, after I know there is no self. That's not the point. The point is, is to entertain the possibility because then you'll forget the self by studying it. Yeah. Instead of having it turn into self-knowledge, which is going to avail you nothing. Because the self is... The, the main movement of selfing is to claim. That's what it does. Yeah, It claims. So everything becomes mine. So consciousness, it claims to be the one who's conscious. Thinking, it claims to be the one who's the thinker. Feeling, feeler. Hearer, hear, the hearer. The hearing, hearer. Yeah? The fact is, what's hearing can never be heard, what's feeling can never be felt, what's seeing can never be seen, yeah? But in fact, it takes away that whole mystery by saying, it's me. And you see yourself all fucking day, in your own eyes, in the mirror, and other people's eyes, and your mental fucking eyes, yeah? Any questions? That's it. I don't want to know. I mean, if you have like a three-layer cake, why do I put another layer on it? You know, if you put too much icing on it, it doesn't. It's not good. Eh? It's like it's like whipping a dead horse.
so i keep telling these people